If you have your Bibles with you, I want to invite you to turn to Exodus 17. That's where we're going to start today. We're going to be in a variety of passages here in the Scriptures. But before we get rolling here, I want to recap the last several weeks. The very first week, we looked at those Hebrew midwives that spared the lives of those Hebrew babies. And then we also saw Moses' mother in a step of faith placing Moses in this basket into the Nile River and through God's provision, bringing Moses into Pharaoh's own home and that we can trust God no matter what. And then the next week, Pastor Lance walked us through that moment where Moses is at the burning bush and God speaks to Moses and says, I'm going to use you to lead my people out of slavery and Moses gets a little bit concerned with that request. He feels this is a tall order. Lord, I'm not equipped to do that. I've got weaknesses. And God is going to equip him. And God's power is made perfect in our weaknesses. And God's going to use this man to lead the Israelites out of slavery. And last week we walked through the plagues that came to Pharaoh and his people and how God then eventually breaks Pharaoh and he releases them, sends the two and a half million Israelites out of Egypt, and they are able to cross through the Red Sea. And as they cross, God sets them free and also takes care of their enemy by washing the sea back up on the Egyptians as they're trying to cross the Red Sea. And I just um, want to pull out a couple of things here that I've seen uh, the last couple of weeks that I thought you might enjoy. Um, kind of funny items here. The first one is you've got a fish that's late for work. What's the excuse this time? Well, there he got caught on the West Mixmaster, I guess, and uh, wasn't at work in time. So I like this next one, too. You know, you wonder what was at the bottom of the Red Sea. You know, maybe there's a better picture of what that could have been all the littering going on. I just appreciated that one. And then the last one, and maybe later on, Moses doing some things to his fellow Israelite brother <laughs> as they're fishing together. Moses, stop it. I like that one. <laughs> so when we left off with the parting of the Red Sea and the Israelites are now saved, they are freed from slavery. And then we see God providing for them, providing for their needs turning bitter water into drinkable water, and then providing them daily manna and quail. And then we also see God providing water out of a rock. So he's providing for their needs, and that leads us up here to Exodus 17, verses 8 through 16. We're going to look at a battle that takes place with the Amalekites. And before we get there, I want to uh, just take a moment here. I'm going to need some volunteers to help me today. And so I need three volunteers. Do I have anybody willing to help me out this morning? As no hands go up in the air. All right, Paul, thank you very much. Paul's going to be Moses today. Do we have anybody else to help out Moses? Thank you, Dean. Come on up. I need one more. Well, hey, that'll work. Come on up here. Jim's going to roll up here going to help out as well. All right, you guys ready? So this stool is going to represent a rock, okay? And Paul is our Moses, so here's your staff, Moses, okay? And don't sit yet, don't sit yet, okay? <laughs> now come on over here. 
Now, you've got long enough arms, you can reach Paul's arms if need be. But I'm going to put you right up next to the rock here. Okay? So this is, this is going to be Aaron. Okay? Jim is Aaron. Moses is brother. Okay? And then over here, Dean is her. H-U-R. This would be Caleb's son. Okay? And these two are going to be up on a hillside. And let's just say the battle is going on out there. Okay? And Joshua is leading the Israelite army against the Amalekites. And every time that Moses would lift up that staff, victory would take place for the Israelites out in the battle. Okay? But a long, ongoing battle, your arms are probably going to get a little bit tired. And so whenever his arms would drop, the Israelites would start losing. And so these men come alongside Moses, and they help share the load. And things start to change in that battle. So before we read from God's Word... Let's pray together because God speaks to us through his word and let's settle our hearts to receive today. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your word, how you teach us, you instruct us, and you speak into our lives. And Father, as we walk through your word today, I pray that your word would come alive and our hearts would be ready to receive and also respond to you. And we thank you for this time, Lord. We ask for your grace and blessing now in Jesus' name. Amen. So as I read, these guys are going to act it out, okay? So, starting in verse 8, Exodus chapter 17, the Bible says, While the people of Israel were still at Rephidim, the warriors of Amalek attacked them. And Moses commanded Joshua, Choose some men, go out and find the army of Amalek for us. And tomorrow I'm going to stand at the top of the hill, holding the staff of God in my hand. And so Joshua did as Moses had commanded and fought the army of Amalek. Now, meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur climbed to the top of a nearby hill. As long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Now, Moses' arms soon became tired so he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and her found a stone for him to sit on. So there's our bench. He's sitting down. Okay. And then they stood on each side of Moses holding up his, his arms there, holding up his hands. So his hands held steady until sunset. And as a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. And after the victory, the Lord instructed Moses, write this down on a scroll as a permanent reminder and read it aloud to Joshua, and I'll erase the memory of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar there, and he named it Yahweh Nisi, which means the Lord is my banner. And he said, they've raised their fists against the Lord's throne, so now the Lord will be at war with Amalek generation after generation. You guys want to see him just do this the whole time? <laughs> no problem here. Okay, let's just thank our volunteers for helping me out here. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Jim. Appreciate it. Nice to have that visual, right, to help us kind of bring that to life a little bit. And so you see this example of these guys sharing the load with Moses and the victory coming for the Israelites. And after this battle, Moses' father-in-law, his name's Jethro, 
real kind of a southern guy, shows up, okay? And uh, he's there visiting. He brings Moses' his wife with him and kids. And as he's visiting, as he's there, he gets to see Moses in action. It's like bring your father-in-law to work day, okay? And he is watching this all go down, and he's got some issues with the burden and the things that Moses is doing. So just as Moses had Aaron and her to help him lift up his arms, now Jethro's going to have some advice on how to help carry some of the burdens that Moses has throughout his day. And so in Exodus 18, here comes the wise advice, starting in verse 13. It says, The next day Moses took his seat to hear the people's disputes against each other. And they waited before him from morning until evening. And when Moses' father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he asked, What are you really accomplishing here? Why are you trying to do all this alone? While everyone stands around you from morning until evening. So Moses replied, Because the people come to me to get a ruling from God. When a dispute arises, they come to me, and I'm the one who settles the case between the quarreling parties. I form the people of God's decrees and give them his instruction. Or I inform the people of God's decrees. This is not good, Moses' father-in-law exclaimed. You're going to wear yourself out and the people too. This job is too heavy a burden for you to handle all by yourself. Now listen to me and let me give you a word of advice and may God be with you. You should continue to be the people's representatives before God, bringing their disputes to Him. Teach them God's decrees and give them His instructions and show them how to conduct their lives. But select from all the people some capable, honest men who fear God and hate bribes. Appoint them as leaders over groups of 1,000 and then 100 then 50, and then 10. And they should always be available to solve the people's common disputes, but have them bring the major cases to you. Let the leaders decide the smaller matters themselves. They will help you carry the load, making the task easier for you. And if you follow this advice, and if God commands you to do so, then you will be able to endure the pressures, and all these people will go home in peace. So Moses listened to his father-in-law's advice and followed his suggestions. And he chose capable men from all over Israel and appointed them as leaders over the people. And he put them in charge of groups of 1,000, then the 100, then the 50, and then also the 10. And these men were always available to solve the people's common disputes. And they brought the major cases to Moses, but they took care of the smaller matters themselves. And soon after this, Moses said goodbye to his father-in-law, who then returned to his own land. So you can see how these two passages really go quite well together. You see Aaron and her helping to share the load for Moses so that victory could happen for the Israelites as they were battling the Amalekites. But then you can also see how the appointing of these individuals to come in and help to carry the load as he settles day-to-day matters. And things that come up. So not only in those big battles, but also in those everyday things, we need each other to share the load. 
And I want to walk through that looking at how today God's designed for us to help each other share the load. And one of the first things as far as sharing the load is Scripture tells us in Galatians 6, 2 that you and I are to bear each other's burdens. We're to bear them. And there's, there's a perseverance and endurance with that word bear. It's not just help you kind of just lift this one time to wherever it needs to go. You're going to bear that with each other. You're going to walk with each other as you carry the matters of life. And Galatians 6 says that as you bear each other's burdens, you're fulfilling the law of Christ. And so with love fulfilling the law of Christ, as we bear each other's burdens, we're doing so out of love for one another. So we bear each other's burdens and we also serve each other. So we not only carry these things, but then we start to serve one another. And the scriptures say in 1 Peter 4, verse 10, that God has given each of us a gift from the variety of spiritual gifts that He has. And we're to use them well to serve one another. So we serve each other as we're walking through life. Have you ever had somebody serve you in these times where you walk through maybe something difficult. Somebody serves you in a certain way and it brings a great encouragement while you're carrying that load. We serve each other. And then the last component is that encouraging each other. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says to encourage each other and to build each other up just as we're doing already. So we encourage one another. We are an encouragement to each other. So something interesting about encouraging one another, in order for me to encourage you, I have to be interacting or engaging with you, right? And for you to be an encouragement to me, you've got to be interacting and engaging with me. As the body of Christ, this is God's design. And it's the church. We come together as a family and we encourage each other. And as we gather together, there's an encouragement in the gathering together. And I can point that out with Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25. The scriptures say, let us not neglect our meeting together. And it says, as some of you are doing. There's some people that are neglecting as he's writing this. But there's something that happens when we meet together. And that verse says that we encourage one another when we meet together. And it says, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. I think it's interesting. I don't know what your perspective might be, but all the things going on in our culture, you think, wow, we are getting closer to the end, right? His return is drawing near. And so what can our response be as we know the kind of days that we're living in? We look at a verse like that and we say, okay, I'm not going to neglect getting together with my church family. And I know that when we get together, there's going to be encouragement that's involved in that. And I realize we're in this age of COVID, and you can see how that's dropped a bomb on God's design for people getting together and encouraging each other. But God's design is that we're gathering. We're being a part of a community, of a body, of a church family. And not just in the corporate setting on a Sunday or our Saturday night, but 
to be engaging each other day in and day out. That's the body of Christ. And, and God gives us an example of how the body of faith is to work. It's just like a human body. And if you go with me to 1 Corinthians 12, Paul breaks this down, talking about how we are a part of a body, just like the human body. And I'm going to draw a few things out with this. Starting in verse 1, it says, The human body has many parts, but the many parts, they make up the whole body. And so it is with the body of Christ. That is, God's people were all together as the body of Christ. Now, go to verse 22, because this is the big point I want to make with this particular passage. Verse 22, it says, In fact, some parts of the body that seem the weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. And this makes for harmony among the members, so that all the members care for each other. All the members care for each other. And verse 26, if one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. Now, I know I've given this illustration before in regards to our body working together, and if one part suffers, the other parts suffer with it. But uh, go back with me, if you will, to when I played football. And I was in high school, and I am an avid Bears fan. Any other Bears fans out there? One, thank you very much. Two, appreciate you so much. So back in the 80s, the Bears have this 300 and some pound lineman, the refrigerator. You, you already knew where I was going with this. Okay? And the coach had this wild idea that when we get on the goal line, let's take this 300 and some pound guy and let's have him as a fullback block and lead the way for the running back, Walter Payton. That's a big man coming at you full steam. Well, you know, you see this guy waddle out onto the field, and you kind of know what's coming, right? Well, to kind of mix it up a little bit, instead of having the guy block, let's just give this guy who's got all this momentum going for him, let's just give him the ball and watch him just bulldoze his way into the end zone. And so when I was in high school, my coach knew I was a Bears fan. I was a lineman, okay? And linemen don't get all the accolades that maybe some of those quarterbacks or running backs or wide receivers, what have you, okay? We just block, and then we're thankful that we score, right? And so as a lineman, we're not necessarily in the end zone very much. And so my coach, knowing I was a fan of the Bears and this kind of affinity for the fridge and the 85 Bears and all that, he says, let's make a play. We'll call it I write fridge. And Russ, I'm going to pull you off the line. I'm going to put you at fullback. And we're going to have you either block or we're going to give you the ball. And I'm thinking, this is every lineman's dream. <laughs> okay? What's my end zone celebration going to be? I don't know. So I am, like, pumped. We're putting this in the playbook. We've been running it at practice. And so we would do drills 
through the week, and we would do these drills where the linemen would go at each other while the running back and the linebacker would go at each other. And since I was now in the playbook as a running back, they had me be a running back for this drill to which I ended up sustaining a high ankle injury that set me out from even being able to play for like several weeks, all because of this one play that we drew up. Well, once I was able to get back into the swing of things, they would tape my ankle. And I've seen players do this for years. And I never really fully understood it until I sustained the injury and needed to have my ankle taped. And so they're taping my ankle that was injured. And then I'm also being advised, let's tape the other one too. And the reason why we're going to tape that, Russ, is because you've sustained that injury, you're going to overcompensate on the other ankle, and so we need to have that ready to go so that you don't injure that one also. Now, how many of you can relate to that when some part of your body's out of whack? It seems like the rest of it goes with it, right? You got something here that affects everything else, knees, ankles, you name it. Anybody following me? On that one, a lot of nods there. Not so much on I write fridge, but on sore bodies, you're with me, okay? Verse 26, if one part suffers, the rest suffer with it. That's God's design for the body. We come together for the encouragement that when we walk through difficult things in life, God's design as we're with a body of believers, as we're with a family, is they're there to help share the load. That's the way God's designed it. And so don't neglect getting together because there's an encouragement that comes when we're gathering together and we're a part of the body of Christ. Charles Stanley says it this way, No maturing Christian can ever say, I don't need the church. Because Christ tells us, all of us have work to do in the church. And we must fulfill our role as part of the body. And we cannot carry the burdens of those that we never interact with. We cannot carry the burdens of those that we never interact with. And let me say it this way too. Someone can't carry your burden if they're not interacting with you either. Stanley goes on to say, Therefore we must continue to participate in the work and the fellowship and the worship of the church freely giving of ourselves just as Christ has given himself to us. In order to succeed in Christian life, we need the help and the support of others. No believer has ever been called to go it alone. There's no solo flights here, folks. God's design is that we're sharing the load. Jethro says to Moses, why are you trying to do this all alone? He says, this job is too heavy of a burden for you to handle it all by yourself. That is not God's design. I mean, you see that even from creation when Adam needs a helper. And God has designed us as we help each other. You see the picture of encouragement. In that moment where Moses, Aaron, and Hur, they're raising the staff, victory's taking place, we see this name of the Lord, Jehovah Nisi, or Yahweh Nisi, which means the Lord is my banner. And I think this is interesting 
in regards to battle and banners. Max Lucado says that in the heat of battle, soldiers feared getting separated from their army. You can imagine the vulnerability that would come with that. You're susceptible now to being hurt or even killed if you find yourself away from the camp. For that reason, a banner was carried into the conflict. And if a fighter found himself alone, the raised flag would signal safety. And just as that staff was raised and brought victory for the Israelites, you can see a prophetic image of the cross and how Christ would be raised upon that cross but to bring victory into people's lives. And that when we find ourselves vulnerable, we can come to the cross and we're no longer alone. And just as these individuals helped Moses to lift up that staff, and when the staff was raised, victory took place, we all need people in our lives that can help us to share the load, help us to lift up the cross of Jesus Christ, because that is where victory is found. You can have all kinds of people that come to encourage you and to try to help you, but if they're not helping you lift up the cross you will not have victory. And so we need the people that can help us lift up the cross of Jesus Christ. And in God's design, it's the people where your church family is. The people that can help you lift up Christ in your life. And so I have a few reflection questions for us today as we get ready to close this message. And I just want us to consider these questions. Is asking the Holy Spirit, Lord, what are you speaking to me today? And the first reflection question is this. For anybody that's listening, are you carrying anything alone? Is there anything in your life that you're carrying alone? That is not God's design for you. And so there's a, a moment of courage, if you will, where you bring that to a fellow brother or sister in Christ that you can trust, and you can say, this is what is going on, and I need help. Do not go it alone. The next reflection question, in order to help carry someone else's load, we have to free up our hands. Is there anything holding you back from serving your fellow brother or sister in Christ? Is there anything that you're not willing to let go of because for whatever reason, but if you let go of it, it would allow a greater ability to help share the load with other people. Another question is, is are you leaning into a church family? And I realize we're in very interesting times that have created quite a stir in the church, and even the ability to connect as people. But reach out to us. Reach out to your fellow brother and sister in Christ. It's God's design for us to be involved in a church body, and that design brings protection from the enemy. 
It brings that service in the kingdom of God. It brings accountability in regards to sin. It brings encouragement for the journey and support with the things that we carry. If you're not leaning in, I encourage you to lean in. If you are leaning in, I encourage you to keep leaning in. And I just take a moment here. I know it's been heavy on my heart that there is spiritual warfare taking place with marriages in our church. And as a congregation, we can pray into that. We can step into situations where we know there's maybe some issues going on. If there's something that you're aware of, what are you doing to help out with those marriages? We lean in and we help each other. And part of leaning in, I think if the enemy wants to pick people off, I want you to imagine a flock of sheep and they're all gathered together and then here comes the enemy on the prowl and he's looking for one that he can pick off. It's probably going to be the one that's not with the crowd, right? They've isolated themselves. Or he'll pick off the one that's on the fringe or the outside of where that flock's at. And with that illustration in mind, what that tells me is I want to do everything I can to be involved in the design of God's church because it protects me. It doesn't leave me vulnerable to the attack. And you, again, can see how COVID has stirred these things up and caused people to drift from the need of God's design in the body of Christ. I'm thankful for the ways we can still engage and be connected. I'm thankful for that. And I do think, if you look around, the numbers are trending in our favor of being able to kind of kick this thing behind us and move forward and watch God move in powerful ways as we continue to advance in the kingdom. I'm very thankful for that. My last question here for all of us is, is the cross of Jesus Christ elevated in your life? That is the only way you're going to find victory. Is the cross even a part of your life? It's one thing to elevate it, but if it's not even existed in your life, that's something that needs to be settled. You see, the Bible tells us that we're all sinners. We've all fallen short of the glory of God, and that is where the cross comes into our life where we realize that Jesus died for my sin to set me free from my sin so that I could have a relationship with Him. So as I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ, that is, if you will, grabbing a hold of the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross, and now I'm going to lift it high in my life. All these other things that I used to lift up no more. Now I'm going to live for Christ because that is where victory is found. So are you elevating the cross of Jesus Christ in your life? And asking the Spirit, help me to make that a priority. And I want to ask for the worship team to come back up and join me here.
with this response song about the name of Jesus, we're going to elevate his name. And as we do so, I want you to think and reflect what are areas in my life where I need that victory that comes from the name of Jesus Christ. Before we worship together, I'd ask that you'd pray with me this prayer of response today. Would you bow your heads with me and pray? Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. You guide us, you lead us. And Father, you encourage us. And I pray that by your spirit, you're encouraging people today. Help us to stay connected. In this day and age, there's so much going on right now that, that has fractured the connection in the body. And I pray, Father, that you would mend those things. Draw us together using the gifts that you've given us to serve each other, bringing people to mind that we can reach out to and be an encouragement. And Lord, right now I do want to take a moment to just pray for individuals that, that haven't been able to engage with this body because of the things that COVID has caused in their life. And I pray, Lord, that you'd bring encouragement to that individual. Help them, Lord, to, to see the light at the end of the tunnel, to know that you're with them. And I pray that we as a body, you'd bring people to mind that we could reach out to and just see how they're doing, to make that connection. And I pray, Lord, as numbers are improving, I pray that that would just continue in that direction and COVID could be a thing of the past. And Father, if there's anyone listening right now that they're not holding on to the cross, there's not been a moment in their life where they've received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. If you're listening right now and you want to make that decision to receive him into your life. I want to guide you in this prayer of salvation. Just pray with me in your heart. Just say, Lord Jesus, today I surrender my life. I ask for forgiveness of my sin, that you'd cleanse me. Cleanse me and make me a new person. I received this gift of salvation that you gave me by your life and death on the cross. And today I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for this gift of salvation. Now with every head bowed and eye closed, if there is someone that joined me in prayer there to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. Will you just acknowledge that with me today? Simply lifting up your hand and then placing it right back down. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. I see your hand. Thank you. Anyone else? Pastor Russ, I prayed that with you. Thank you. Perhaps there's someone in the overflow or another room or even just at home watching that you prayed to receive Christ and all glory to God for that decision today. Let's continue to pray here as we celebrate new life in Christ. Father, we thank you for the gift of salvation that has come to people today. 
We give you all praise, honor, and glory, and I pray you'd make these decisions incredibly real, incredibly real for people. And I pray that we would all elevate Jesus in our life because that is where victory is found. And as we respond today with this song, I pray that you would resonate that victory powerfully in our lives. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen.